Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, we go uh, and take a bunch of calls from police officers around the country. They're getting blamed for everything. Is this right or wrong? Uh, it's time to stand up and, and get the backs of our officers. And on that note, today's program includes a Glenifesto. The Glenifesto of Glenn in hour two, uh, where he discusses what is happening with our police officers around America and how we need to stand up and just tell the truth. We also talked to Andy No, who is a really brave journalist who's been, you know, going into these riots and and getting pelted by things from Antifa for years. He's been one of the only guys willing to do this, and uh, it's really important work. We get his uh, take on what's going on as well today. You can go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription. It's a good idea to do today. You see where the media is uh, and where it's going. Plus, we have Glenn's special uh, that's going on tonight. Uh, it's called uh, Insurrection USA, and it's talking about everything that's going on in the world, what actually explains the background. It's, you're certainly not getting this from the regular media. You can always get that on YouTube as well for free. In fact, back-to-back tonight, Stu Does America and the special Insurrection USA from Glenn. Uh, that's on Blaze TV starting at 8 p.m. or on YouTube. Make sure you check it out and subscribe. Here's the podcast. listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're so glad that you joined us today. Uh, We are taking phone calls from police officers, uh, talking to people that are involved in policing. How do you, how how are you feeling? How are things working out for you? Uh, Why are you still doing your job? God bless you. And so far we haven't heard anybody that was angry um but uh one of the police officers who i think uh, vented his spleen is the police officer that wrote the opening monologue today who will fight for us um he wants to come on the air but he is uh, afraid of retaliation and losing his job uh he is a, a police officer in a major city in u.s and um we go to him now are you with me yes sir good morning how are you Good. Hang on just a second. Sarah, do we need his voice disguised? Is was that part of the deal with him or is he fine? It is. Oh, it is disguised. Oh, well, that's a good disguise. Um, okay. So here's here's what I want to know from you. You wrote a very very passionate um uh monologue or or you call it a poem, but it's just how ugly police work is and how frustrated you are. How much of the policing community feels the same way and has had enough? Well, I would argue a majority of the policing community feels that way. You know, I don't think it comes from a position of anger. I think it is from a position of frustration is everywhere you look, people are just destroying police and talking negatively about police. And there hasn't been one police leader or politicians stand up and say, you are absolutely wrong. Police officers are overwhelmingly good, and they do good work. I think the first thing we saw was yesterday there was a New York, I think, FOP president finally speak out and say, quit Uh tarnishing our officers. The first person I've seen speak that way since this all started. Hold on just a second. We have that audio, and it is worth hearing. Listen, this is a this is a head of the FOP up in uh, New York. He walks to a microphone and he just goes. Listen. 
Do we have it? 375 million interactions with the public every year. 375 million interactions. Overwhelmingly positive responses. Overwhelmingly positive responses. But I read in the papers all week, we all read in the papers, that in the black community, mothers are worried about their children getting home from school without being killed by a cop. What world are we living in? That doesn't happen. It does not happen. I am not Derek Chavon. They are not him. He killed someone. We didn't. We are restrained. And you know what? I'm saying this to all the cops here. Because you know what? Everybody's trying to shame us. The legislators, the press, everybody's trying to shame us into being embarrassed about our profession. Well, you know what? This isn't stained by someone in Minneapolis. It's still got a shine on it. And so do theirs. So do theirs. Stop treating us like animals and thugs and start treating us with some respect. That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Trying to make us embarrassed of our profession. 375 million interactions. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive. Nobody talks about all the police officers that were killed in the last week in the United States of America. And there were a number of them. Our legislators abandoned us. The press is vilifying us. Well, you know what, guys? I'm proud to be a cop. And I'm going to continue to be proud to be a cop until the day I retire. And that's all I have to say. I will tell you that I saw this yesterday, and it's what I, what motivated me to write my monologue that is coming up in, in just a few minutes. Um, uh, do you feel abandoned by your city, by your mayor, city council? Absolutely. Absolutely. So here we have a, a YPD contract. I don't think it's a secret that a lot of people love to watch that show. I personally don't enjoy being around the cameras. However, there's plenty of people who do. Literally, day one of the riots uh, here in our city, the very next morning, the mayor said, absolutely, we'll cave to your commands. We'll cancel our contract. We'll do this. We'll do that. And so they, they pulled it off immediately. That was the immediate response is, okay, we agree with you. Our police officers are doing something wrong. It's what it implies, at least. And, and how shameful. I mean, who is going to stand up for us and there has been literally no one in our city who's willing to stand up and say, no, you're wrong. It's just not true. What do you think happens to these cities like Seattle? Seattle, the police officers uh, and the police force abandoned a precinct um, uh, that is a that's right in the heart of Seattle, a very important place up. I think it's on Capitol Hill uh, and it's. Uh, they they just left and now antifa and black lives matter has put up roadblocks and they're policing this whole district what happens to minneapolis or seattle when they lose the cops see this is something that we have talked about amongst ourselves and it's 
it blows my mind that it's happening. The only valid explanation I can think of is perhaps they are just completely overwhelmed. So if you think about um, my city, for example, we have a little under 800 officers and there's a population of over 400,000. At some point, you just can't manage the mass. So uh, if that is what happened, I completely understand that. You can only do so much. However, it blows my mind that you would abandon a building. And we've had those discussions. There's so much equipment in there, um, you know, whether it's non-lethal rounds, whether it's administrative, whether it's evidence for crimes. You know, some of those could be... Well, apparently they've been... Apparently, they've been taking it out for about a week. And in Seattle's case, you don't have a city council that is helpful. You don't have a mayor that is helpful. I mean, they are really alone. Yeah, and I again, I don't understand whose idea is to do that. Um, and like I said, the only excuse I can think of is that you are just completely overwhelmed by the number of people you're expecting to come to the police station. Because, you know, they get intelligence. You know, they, they monitor these Facebook groups and they monitor what's happening and how many people they're expecting in the crowds. And so if that's what's happening, if they're like, hey, a week from now, there's 3,000 people that are going to come burn down the police station and we only have 200 officers to protect it. It's, it's in the right is it's not worth the officers lives just to protect the building, though. I think as a taxpayer, I think the citizens should be defending them because what a waste of money. But that's a whole nother yeah. conversation. Uh, thank you very much for um, emailing this uh, letter to me. I know you emailed it to a lot of people, you're, including your mayor and your city. Um, any response from anybody else? So I've received one response. So who I emailed it to was the mayor, the chief, the deputy chiefs, and all the majors. So pretty much the entire leadership of the department. Um, I received one response, and they were... Um, Willing to post it on lawofficer.com. I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, basically yeah, it's a yeah. law enforcement website. And that's that's the only response I received. And it was just like, hey, good word, but can I put it on here? Pretty much the only thing he can do, uh, I would assume. So yeah. uh, that was appreciated. But other than that, uh, no, I've heard absolutely nothing. No one's talked about it. No one's mentioned it. So. Well. I'm glad you sent it to me uh, and we could uh, share it with the American people today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let me go to John in New York. Uh, John, you're a police academy instructor. Yes, I am. Good morning, Glenn. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Uh, what I don't understand is we hear constantly that people are saying that our police officers aren't trained. They don't know about use of force, misapplication of force, implicit bias. Well, we have curriculums that are already there. We run an eight-hour procedural justice block. We run mandated 50, 60 hours of use of force where we discuss the cases you brought up before, Graham versus Connor, Tennessee versus Garner. We talk about reasonable objectiveness. What more do they want us to do? There are good and bad in all of us, and 99.99% of all the cops that are out there try to do their job, serve the public, and go home. That's what I teach my recruits every day. Honor your badge, honor your oath, and go home. So, John, what do you think happened to this cop in Minnesota? Was he a bad guy that other cops should have, you know, ratted out? 
was he just has he been there so long he's was just callous uh, what what do you think what do you, i know you didn't know him and but I, I, that's I one know. of the things that people say is that why don't good cops rat these bad cops out and you know that's that's looking at one part of a situation the act itself was heinous do the officers bear responsibility that they didn't intercede if they didn't intervene when there was a crime being committed? I mean, I don't know. Did their defensive tactics program not show them when the resistance stops, the force stops? I, I, I don't know. I don't know the totality of the circumstances, so I don't want to, you know, give a uneducated comment. There was wrong there. I don't know. I don't know the whole facts of the situation, but... Every officer bears a responsibility to correct a crime, whether it's being perpetrated by us, by an unethical act of another officer, or if it's being done by a civilian. That's our oath. It doesn't say I, I enforce the law just because only the civilians. If I see a criminal act that's being done by another officer, I, I should bear responsibility that I have to take onus on that. John, um, thank you for your phone call. Thanks for everything that you do every day. Um, you think it's going to be uh, as a police academy instructor? Think it's going to be? You think you got a lot of new recruits coming in? No, I, I think this is going to vilify an already ostracized profession. I believe there's still honor out there, and I believe through the work of my colleagues that are out there and every other police officer officer that's on the line right now showing how honorable we can be and how restrained we are and how much we actually love our public we serve we'll bring it back and people will see the honor that is that is the honor of being a law enforcement officer in this country thanks john appreciate it god bless this is the best of the glenn beck program and we really want to thank you for listening Police officers all across the country and indeed the world. I want you to hear the sound of my voice. You are good. You are necessary. You are needed. In many and most cases, you represent the best of us. You react to situations that none of us want to be in. You react in situations with... Uh, for the most part, the integrity and patience that none of us have. I have seen you stand and protect people that I know you despise. And you will fight and die for them and their rights. And I thank you for that. You are doing a job that no one else will. You're doing a job that most of us could never do. If all cops are evil, then so are we as people, because cops come from us, white and black and brown and yellow. They are just a representation of all mankind. And I'm not going to play a role a second longer in this shameful lie about our cops. Our cops save lives. They keep us safe. They protect us. They serve us. 
Is the history of some cops and some stations and some departments bad in the past? No, it's not just bad, but abhorrent. But let's focus today on what we can do today and what's happening today without dismissing the pain of the past. Just like there are bad doctors and teachers and mechanics, there are some bad cops, but the vast majority of them are good. Many of them are great. Now, let me ask you this. Can the same thing be said for the for the same percentages of the people that are protesting? Because I've heard organizers say, hey, those people who are looting are not part of what we're trying to do. Really? Shouldn't we just lump all of those who are protesting peacefully with those who are burning our cities down to the ground? You say you want cops to rat out the bad guys, as do I. Well, why don't you lead the way by pointing out the names and the organizations that are behind all the evil that we see on our streets today? Why don't you do it? Are the number of cops who are bad versus good different from those numbers in the media? <laughs> I would contend yes. I think there are far more percentage-wise good cops than there are good journalists. The lies that our journalists are currently telling today, right now, will be responsible for thousands of deaths, misery, Global hunger, joblessness, and the end, they may be responsible for enslaving a good portion of the world. That's your journalist today. How many good ones are there? Because I can't seem to find them, but I can find a buttload of good cops. Currently, the freedom of all mankind has a member of the Marxist mob kneeling on its neck. And America is saying, I can't breathe. Can you actually state with a straight face that the percentage of clean versus dirty, good versus bad, among our political ruling class is anywhere close to the percentage of good cops versus bad? Our politicians, they lie, they cheat, they steal. Look at what has happened in Congress in the last four years. These politicians have stolen our children's future through out-of-control spending and debt and lies. They increasingly make the world a more dangerous place through their incompetent and double-dealing and self-serving actions. And they do it daily. I have, to, I have news for you. I would trust... I would trust... Uh, a cop to take care of my kids for 60 days over a politician taking my kids for 60 minutes. Jeez, the one you're running is sniffing everybody's hair. BLM, Antifa. Because of the lies and the agenda of those same politicians and media, most Americans have no idea who these people are. Until our special tonight, make sure you watch it. We take the mask off of these people and show you who's involved and what their real plan is. 
because Americans are good and decent and do want to live in t- together in peace and do want a good police force and don't want black people to feel any different than they feel when they call a cop. Because of that, so many Americans have just signed up to support BLM. And I think many of those Americans mean well, but they are lambs being led to the slaughter. And those of us who know, too many of us are silent because we're afraid. Afraid of what? I'm only afraid of one thing. When I get to the end of my life, I have failed because I will pay an eternal consequence. So why are you silent? Why are you sitting down? Are you afraid? Are you ignorant? If you are, know it now and educate yourself. Because if you re- remain in self-inflicted uh, ignorance, you're part of the problem. It's time for America to say enough is enough. It is time to grow up, America. It's time to grow up and take responsibility for your own actions, not the actions of others, not the actions of those in a distant past, but for your own actions. Yeah, responsibility. Responsibility for our nation, our rights, and our future. Otherwise, they're all going to be lost. I will, I personally have, talked to, listened to, and reconciled with anyone who is honest that wants honest understanding. I know firsthand how race relations of the past have scarred many of my friends. Stories from some of my black friends that have, they have told me that have shocked me to the core. But unless my memory fails me, all of those are from people who grew up in the 50s and the 60s. It's a different world. And you know how they found peace and, and, and success? They found peace and success through forgiveness. Forgiveness is real. Redemption is a power beyond man and beyond man's understanding. I don't know how it works. But I'm glad God has provided it for us. But in today's world, you are being led into the slaughterhouse where there is no forgiveness. Even though you weren't involved You and your kind are guilty today and will always be guilty. Let me, let me, let me say this and I want you to understand this. I am just as responsible for the horrors of Jim Crow laws and the racist in the Klan and dirty cops as blacks are for the DC sniper. Who in your right mind would blame the D.C. sniper on every African-American? No one. So why am I blamed for the Klan? I have nothing to do with them. I despise them. And I will not bow down and apologize for my part. I have no part in any of it. Just like blacks had no part in the D.C. sniper... You had nothing to do with it. Neither did I. Now, let's unite on the things that we can do and can help each other with today. 
I will not kneel down and kiss the feet of the mob. There is no king for me but God. The Marxist mob and BLM want you to believe and, and, and force you to state that all cops and all white people are guilty. Whether they're good or bad, whether they're white or black or brown, cops are guilty. If you wear blue, you're bad. Well, that is a lie, and I proudly and loudly proclaim it. It's a lie, and it's a poison. And we must stand up against that lie and all other anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-constitution, anti-individual collective abominations. As I wrote this last night, I knew, oh, man, that's going to cause trouble. You're going to get in trouble for that. I accept that. I don't want that. I'm just speaking what I know to be true. And I refuse to go over the cliff with the rest of humanity into some Alice in Wonderland fantasy. I will not condemn an entire profession, an entire group or race. You were born for these days. I was born for these days. You are here for a reason. You do have enough power. You do have the strength. Your act of courage of just stating the fact that you know is true will inspire others to stand and heed the promptings and the pleadings of the celestial spheres. I believe in the individual. I believe in redemption. I believe in the worst person can be healed, can change, can be a part of the solution. I will stand against those who make mistakes, but I will call them mistakes. They may have to pay a heavy price for that mistake. But I will stand with them to change their life. I will stand with anyone, cop or protester, as long as they're not bringing violence, destruction, and fear to others. Black Americans should never fear being stopped by a cop. Never. That's wrong. But good cops should also never be afraid of walking the streets. If we cannot listen to one another and see people again as people, not the groups they belong to, we are not going to just take race relations, but we will take man's very essence back hundreds of years. I will fight against any anyone, group ideology that blindly condemns and forces others to go along. That is fascism. And in the 20th century, our country fought against fascists in Europe. Today, so-called Antifa hides behind this fight against fascism when they're really fighting for communism and Marxism. Yes, they fought against fascism in the 1930s, but what they leave out is they were fighting for communism. They were both socialist, one national socialist, and Antifa global, worldwide socialists. 
Today, they fight against the admitted flawed Western system for the failed totalitarian Marxist idea. Nazis and communists are evil. We used to know this. It's time to say it again. This is who you're aligning with when you stand with these groups. Read the BLM website. Soros and others have pumped millions of dollars into BLM. Now our local government and corporations are doing the same. Listen to me. We all have responsibility to treat each other as we wish to be treated. We all have to call out evil and do all in our power to help other people. And we fail miserably at those things. Many of us fail miserably every day. But we must now stand as Christ has asked us to stand in his pattern with love and humility and forgiveness. Martin Luther King changed the world. Gandhi did the same. So did Lincoln and every other individual or movement that used the gospel of peace as its model. Racism, sexism, greed, murder, hatred. They've all been a problem with man since man began because it's every man's problem. There is no collective progression. It's up to each of us as individuals to grow and to get better. There's no such thing as collective salvation. There is no such thing as Marxist social justice. There is only man's justice, which is flawed, and we have to work hard every day to help repair and clean it up. And then there is God's justice. It is perfect and it is eternal. There is no other justice. And to say otherwise is an affront to God. And while we're on the affront to God, to presume that we should all be colorblind quite frankly, is also insulting. You know, as I've been thinking about this, did God make us different because it didn't matter? If you're black, God made you that way for a reason, and that no man can change that or should try to. He made you special and different. He made me special and different. All of us are. If people don't accept the work of God, they're flawed, not you. And if you're white... There is no stain or sin that has been passed on to you from past generations. There's no collective sin committed by others that you're responsible for. You're responsible for your actions today and those alone. Are you bringing truth and peace into the world by your words and actions? Or are you twisting the truth to divide and destroy? Which is it? Today, I will fulfill my responsibility to call out evil as I see it. Antifa. The true mission of BLM is outlined on their own website and condemning all those who wear a badge is evil and it will lead to deep misery and death. I stand today with those who after 9-11 and quite frankly, every major disaster, we thank and grovel and marvel at their heroism. There are bad guys and cops should be the first to want to rid themselves of those cops. But with that being said, I don't know how someone who does what they do every day for our nation, a nation that now treats them as killers, thugs, and animals, I don't know how you show up, but I thank you for it. Cops are good, and they need our support now more than ever. Some are bad, just as are some mechanics and some protesters. Those people should be found and prosecuted under a system of just and equal laws. To our men and women in blue, I salute you and stand by your side today. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So let's start in Seattle, Andy. Uh, last night, the police abandoned, I think it's the third precinct. That's up on Capitol Hill, isn't it? Um, yes, and, and they have 
taken six blocks back for the people and they have black lives matter and antifa have uh, put roadblocks up uh and they are patrolling those six blocks tell me what is going on so while most of the violent protests have been uh now under control in most parts of the u.s it's still going quite strong in the Pacific Northwest, which has been a relative stronghold of far left and Antifa. And so uh, two days ago, uh, this center, this part of uh, the Capitol Hill area, Seattle, uh, has been occupied by uh, hundreds of far left extremists and Police have been engaging with them daily in terms of using crowd control for a number of days now. And there was all this backlash from politicians accusing police of excessive force. So um, it seems like some strings are pulled and a decision was made for police to pull back uh, completely. Literally, uh, they actually abandoned the East Precinct in Seattle by boarding up the window, taking out uh, all um, sensitive and dangerous uh, items inside, boarded it up and left. And the far-left extremists have claimed victory and now have set up barricades around uh, this six-block square of city, claiming it, they're calling it the Capitol Hill autonomous zone so they're actually naming naming their own territory when you go in it says you are now leaving the usa and it's really uh i mean uh, as i'm describing it it sounds really um silly in a way right it's people seemingly cosplaying and almost like reliving childhood uh building their Mm -hmm. own forts but uh, there are armed people involved. If you look at all the social media accounts and various uh, Antifa groups, they're calling for armed comrades to come and act as security at these barriers. So it's a very potentially explosive situation when and if city officials finally choose to respond, because as always, these situations are going to devolve into a serious health and public safety crisis because um, there are still people who live in those six blocks and there are businesses there who are now. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what I wanted to ask you. Um, what about the citizens? What about the businesses in those blocks? Are, I mean, are they just left now to fend for themselves and what's happening to them? They are left to fend for themselves. This reminds me of what happened in 2018, when Antifa and other fallout ex- extremists seized a neighborhood in southwest Portland nearby the ICE facility for five weeks, the mayor and, lo- and those in city council allowed this to happen. And, the, and I did a story for the Wall Street Journal, Journal at that time. Uh, the, those who lived there were absolutely terrorized by this uh, occupy, literal occupying force and uh the threshold for police to respond was literally in a life-death matter. So short of that, you're not going to get any help. And um, it seems like uh, because 
politicians think what these extremists are doing are righteous. They're allowing them not only to riot, loot, and, and be violent, but to actually <sighs> occupy territory. Okay, so this is Black Lives Matter. That's the ones who've taken the Capitol Hill, right? Not enough. They can't because of Black Lives Matter. They write it all over. I would call these anarchist communists. This is really uh, the Antifa? more violent. Yes. Okay. It's, it's um, kind of a nebulous group of people. But if you look at the accounts that are promoting this, and you look at the um, the graffiti that they have messaging, this is the, it's the Antifa ideology that's being espoused. And what is that, Andy? For people who don't know, and, and I'd like you to explain Black Lives Matter. I mean, they've changed their website and softened the language. Um, but if you are reading with a critical eye, you know exactly what they're saying. And it's, it's terrifying. Um, can you explain who these groups are and what they want? So Black Lives Matter has always, uh, since to- when they, the last time, 2016-15, when they had become uh, central in media cycle, they had already put out their list of demands. And it's very clear, uh, based on what they desire, as well as the worldview openly espoused by its three uh, co-founders, uh, they're a Marxist organization. They openly call for the abolishment of police, abolishment of capitalism. Uh, it's a it's a communist movement in the vein of I would say it, it has much to do with sort of those black revolutionary uh, far left extremists of the sixties and seventies, which is why they chant Black Panthers. Correct, and figures like Asata Shakur. There's a big reason why mm-hmm. they're mar- uh, their hero. Um, as for Antifa ideology, Antifa is an anarchist communist ideology, and they have a, some things in common with Black Lives Matter in that they want to see the destruction of the U.S. Uh, capitalism. But... Uh, so for now, they sort of cross-pollinate with one another because they see uh, one another as sort of comrades. I think ultimately, uh, if they were to succeed in gaining more power, you're going to see more of these risks appear because uh, Black Lives Matter are not necessarily calling for anarchy. They want... They're not against hierarchy, from what I can tell. They just want themselves uh, at the top of the power, uh, whereas Antifa claim to create a non-hierarchical world. So uh, both groups are advocating for a certain type of utopia, which uh, in order for it to exist, it would, uh, the United States would have to uh, cease to exist. This is the same kind of thing that happened in Paris in 1968. This is the Paris 68 riots um, where they are putting up their own little compounds and, and communes. And that's what they really want. It's it's really a balkanization uh, of the United States. And uh, I mean, you know, the insurrection law, everybody's fighting against it. But 
That's what this is. This, the, the, these are people that want to break away from the United States of America and want to destroy the United States of America. I, I, I don't think you could be any more clear. Um, Andy, do, have you heard of the revolutionary abolitionist movement? Yes, that's, uh, that's what BLM is part of. Uh, it's people who say that by uh, their advocacy for abolishing prisons is uh, actually abolishing slavery. It's a way of looking at, um, and, and that's how they're able to sort of mainstream their message, convince the enough people on the left that prisons operate essentially as a slavery institutions for uh, against black Americans to today. The uh, we're doing a special tonight at uh, nine o'clock. I'm going through all these groups and what they want. And as we began to look into the revolutionary abolitionist movement, uh, as you say, um, they you know that's a lot of where BLM comes from, and it's actually a Marxist Kurdish revolution uh, in northern Syria that they are basing this plan off of. When you see these groups and our politicians, and Attorney General Barr says that. Uh, he's looking for the connections and the funders right now. They're not going after the small guys at this point. They want to understand the whole system. How many names do you think that we know as as citizens are going to go under and uh, be in trouble when all is exposed here? Well, I think the... So many of the people that have been arrested, as far as I know, there hasn't really been a deep dive investigation into what they actually believe on all the various groups and networks they may be linked to. Uh, the United States First Amendment does protect, give wide protections for people to have uh, extremist beliefs and whatnot, and, you know, in contrast to, for example, in some Western European countries where uh, involvement with such organizations is actually proscribed, completely banned. Um, I, I think it, I, I can't put a number out because um, it's with these anonymous sort of memberships, it's almost, it can be nearly impossible to determine for sure if somebody's actually involved uh, in one of the organizations, I mean, I the Project Veritas video that came out last week about Rosie Tiantza was very eye-opening because they were actually able to infiltrate one of the formal anti-social organizations and demonstrate the level of organization and radicalization that happens on a local level. Uh, it remains mm-hmm. to be seen what these links are internationally. I know there are international links. There's a commune in northern Syria called Rojava that many Antifa and other far-left extremists have gone to uh, get weapons training in, and they come back to Western Europe and America, uh, and they're trying to replicate that sort of revolutionary uh, autonomous zone model in various American cities. Andy, I don't know why you do what you do, but I'm glad you do it. And uh, I urge you to stay safe. 
Um, Andy is with the postmillennial.com. Postmillennial.com. He's the editor at large there and has been following these guys for a very long time. Da, 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 da.